0: We are in week number two of Love Thy Neighbor. If you missed last week, uh, don't worry. That they all kind of stand on their own. And you can always listen to last week's message from our website. Uh, in this series, I'm looking at ways we can obey the greatest commandment, the most important commandment of Jesus. It's found in Mark chapter 12, uh, verses 29 through 31. It says, Jesus replied, The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel. I'm changing that to listen, O New Stanton. The Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The question we looked at last week was, who who is our neighbor and how do we love them? That is the heart of this series. The next person you come in contact with is your neighbor. And you can't separate loving them from loving God. Those two things are combined. They are the heart of the gospel. This morning, we're gonna talk about how to love one of the most vulnerable groups in our society. Because one of the most vulnerable groups in in every culture is children. Young kids especially are totally dependent on the love and care of other people. They, They cannot provide for themselves. And kids take time, money, energy, and constant attention. Uh, before you have kids, if, if you, you have kids now, uh, you had total freedom. Mom, moms know this. Uh, before you had kids, you could do whatever you wanted to do. You could go to the bathroom and take a shower whenever you wanted to. You could eat whenever you wanted to. You could go to sleep whenever you wanted to. But when you have kids you don't get hot food anymore. Uh, you, You have to time your bathroom break so that your house doesn't get destroyed. You don't get to watch adult TV shows anymore. You watch Daniel Tiger and Paw Patrol. And if you get five minutes of alone time, you have to choose how to use that wisely. Do you take a shower and shave one leg? Or do you fall down on the floor and cry? Now, if if you don't have kids, I am not trying to scare you. Uh, But it is life-altering, and moms know that. And I think it's especially true for moms. Unfortunately, there are some ladies that are not able to provide for their kids. Some get pregnant way too early. They're just kids themselves. Some might be addicted to drugs or alcohol. Others don't have the time or the resources or the skills that are are needed. Others aren't capable of putting the energy into raising a child. The same is true with men. Just because you can get a girl pregnant does not mean that you are ready to be a dad. Everyone agrees that it would be better for everyone involved, especially the children, if couples realize that before they had children, but that doesn't always happen. It doesn't change the realities of our day. There are far too many examples of this in our day. Did you know that every single year, there are between four and 500,000 kids in the United States in foster care? That many kids need a home every single year. In Pennsylvania alone, there are between 13 and 15,000 kids in foster care. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear a number like that, I get rather overwhelmed. There are just so many, and the need is so great. But we need to remember that there are more Christians in the world than there are kids who need a home. And maybe God will stir some hearts, maybe even some of ours, the church God's people can make a difference. And the church is God's plan for those who are in need. If a mom and a dad can't do what they should do, the church is God's number one safety net. Look at James 1.27 with me. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for the orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. The the purest, the most genuine form of religion is looking out for those who are the most vulnerable. It's not just knowing you should love your neighbor, it's actually doing it. I think it's good that we can see in the word of God that God cares. That he sought in his word to provide for those who were most vulnerable. And we are that safety net. He made it clear. He put a burden on many people's hearts for this ministry. In fact, I know if I, if I showed you some pictures of some kids and described their stories and the need, many of you would probably feel in your heart this desire to help. What, what can I do? How can I help? And there are a number of families in our church that, that have already been blessed by being foster parents or adopting. When you hear that four or 500,000 kids need a home, it it almost doesn't seem real because it's just a number. But when you realize that every single one of those kids has a face and has a story, what breaks my heart is that whatever that story is, we all know who's going to suffer the greatest. It, It doesn't matter whether it's a broken family, or an absent father, or a divorce, or poverty, or substance abuse, or incarceration, or homelessness, or abuse, or a teenage pregnancy, the kids. The kids always pay the highest price, no matter what that story is. They didn't cause the problems, and they don't even have the ability to solve the problem. They're just kids. God's plan has always been his people. Look at Psalm 82, 3 through 4 with me. Give justice to the poor and the orphan. Uphold the rights of the oppressed and the destitute. Rescue the poor and the helpless. Deliver them from the grasp of evil people. The church has always been God's rescue plan. He he told us to defend the weak. And I think God has the initiatives in our world today. Save the whales. Save the spotted owls. Uh, Everybody's into rescuing and adopting puppies. It is all good. There is something in us that wants to help and rescue. Save the children. It's a God thing. It's who God is. Look at Psalm 68 with me. Father to the fatherless defender of widows. This is God, whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families, and he sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. But he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. God sets the lonely in families. What if God has his eye on your family? What if your family is the answer to some child's prayer? Now, I want you to hear me this morning because this is kind of like direct and the topic is very specific, but I am not trying to guilt anyone into fostering or adopting. But as I looked at this series and I looked at these scriptures, I thought to myself, "What, what if some family just needs confirmation that this is the right thing to do? What if they're considering fostering or adopting and they just need to know that this is a God thing? What if they need to hear it's not giving up on having kids some other way? This is not for everybody. And Some of you probably should never do this Uh, for the sake of the children. You should just say no. you got too much going on. But before you assume this isn't for you, pray, ask, maybe. Talk to some families that have been blessed by making sure that one of those kids had a home and maybe more than that, a home where they could meet Jesus. There are a number of families at New Stanton Church that have fostered and adopted families, siblings, and given them a home. They kept whole families together. I believe God calls some families to be a family for the lonely. It's what God does. He picks up the lonely, and he puts them in a family. And because this is such a god thing if you ever say yes to this you you never you might never be closer to the heart of god than at that moment because it's exactly what god did for all of us we were spiritual orphans separated from god by our sin and god adopted us into his family he gave us his name and we are no longer alone he is our heavenly father, not because you were good enough. We are his because he delights in reaching out and drawing us into his family. That's why Jesus came. When, when you do that for a child, you're acting, your heart beats like our heavenly fathers, inviting someone into your family. Ephesians 1.5, Paul says, God decided in advance, to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to his self through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. As challenging as this ministry is, it can do the same in our hearts. There is a joy in knowing we are obeying our Heavenly Father. And when some people think about fostering or adopting, they panic (laughs) because it would be difficult to, if you're fostering, invite a child into your family, into your home, and then have to give them back to their biological parents, and it is. And if it doesn't break your heart, you probably shouldn't be fostering a child because it's not easy. And this morning, I, I really am not trying to guilt anyone into this, but I feel like God wants us to know that we are his rescue plan. For fostered and adopted can attest, those who often resist the most are are the ones who are actually called the most. I remember when I was in seminary, I told God I would do absolutely anything. I would move anywhere, I would go overseas. The only thing that I wouldn't do was work with youth and do youth ministry. Guess where my first appointment was? An associate pastor with, to youth. And I loved it. 20 years later, I still stay in contact with those kids who are not kids anymore. In fact, a lot of them have kids, uh, which makes me feel really old. Um, it was a God thing. If the Holy Spirit leads you to do what you resisted, I, I can promise you this, it will be harder than you ever imagined. It will break your heart because you care. There will be tears, there will be challenges. If you invite a child into your life that has seen things, experienced things, that story, it will be difficult. But second, it will be totally, totally worth it. Kids are always worth it. Absolutely and positively. All of us, can't do this, nor should we. But all of us can do something. Maybe God's calling you to speak on behalf of kids or speak on behalf of life because even the unborn matter to God. Help someone afford to adopt or give an adopting family a baby shower. Or maybe you can come along alongside of a child that doesn't have a father figure in their life. Too many kids in our generation don't have a godly father figure. And men need to step up. Everyone can do something. We can make a difference because everyone needs a spiritual family. Let me let me challenge you with this because it's it's a it's a dream of mine. What if in our church every single parent in crisis or family in need felt supported, felt the love of God through the children's ministry, the student ministries, through connect groups? What if there was a waiting list of people wanting to take the opportunity to teach Sunday school and show people Jesus to those little kids? What, what if Emily had to tell people who wanted to volunteer for Grow, you know what? You'll have to wait because I have too many people. You'll have to wait till the the program grows. What if, what if Matt had to turn student ministry people down because there was just too many adults? There was more adults waiting than there are kids. What if Pastor Josh came to me and said, "You know what? I was going to ask you to go see so and so who is in the hospital, but I, I, I reached out to them, and when I called them, they said the, their connect group took a bunch of meals, uh, had already visited the hospital, their home, they're in good, and you like they said, don't." Don't send them, we're, we're good, we're, we feel loved, cared for. That's, that's a dream for me that the church takes those opportunities to show people Jesus at, at every point in the life of this congregation. What if people in crisis in our midst, instead of running in shame, thought, you know what, at least New Stanton Church will be my family, and and I know they'll support me and love me through this. What if the state of Pennsylvania had more people waiting to receive kids than more kids waiting for people who had families and homes to take them in? I don't think it would be easy, but I think it would be worth it. Not saying or trying to guilt anyone into it, I'm just saying pray about it not everyone can do everything but everyone can do something let's pray father we pray that you would empower us to love our neighbors even god those that are the most vulnerable in our midst and i pray that as you speak to our hearts this morning god that whatever that step of faith needs to be, that you would help us to take it and trust you. And God, I pray that uh, you would use everyone's gifts and abilities to do something, to show people Jesus in your kingdom. God, we want eyes to see and ears to hear. Give us a heart that beats like yours. And God, if you lead, we're gonna follow wherever wherever you lead, however, whatever you place in our heart, God will do. And Father, I thank you so much for a church that is full of people that want to show people Jesus. And God, I thank you in advance for speaking and blessing and working in our midst. And God, I pray that no one would act out of guilt but only out of obedience to your calling so god for in the next couple of weeks in the next couple of months as we look to show people jesus to do something pray that your people are blessed that your church goes out and shows your love in mighty mighty ways in your name amen